get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Record-setting season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 15 wins, and it ends in uh, appropriate fashion. 24-9, the Blue Bombers over the BC Lions. Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. This is game day after dark. Darren Bombing alongside Josh Frey, Sam, reporter for the Winnipeg Free Press. Young gun Josh, how are you, man? Uh, good to be with you once again good. here on the post Absolutely, Darren. Uh, good to be with you too, man. It's uh, on this on this Halloween Eve, 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 possibly the three Eves before Halloween. People out there partying and whatnot. Not us. We're weekend mood, right? Yeah, absolutely. We were watching bomber football, but uh, I'm doing great, man. Where's where our our, our regular guys? Uh, is he still out being a dad or what? Is that there's there's no breaks with being a dad? I understand. Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach needed uh, needed a bye week. And, you know, that guy has put in such great work this season, uh, always on point, always showing up. Uh, big ups to him. Uh, he is fine, healthy, and good uh, back home good. with his bride and beautiful kids. Uh, uh, a hectic house at times, but uh, he was watching the game. He's going to be texting the Bonfire Hotline tonight uh, and, and giving awesome. a little bit of insight uh, from his perspective on the game as well. Look, Josh, this game didn't mean anything in the standings, right? Both of these teams knew where they were going to finish one and two in the West. The BC Lions will host the Calgary Stampeders in Vancouver next weekend, Sunday afternoon for the West semifinal. And the winner of that game will be in Winnipeg. It could be this same BC Lions team on November 13th for the West final. And when I say same BC Lions team, it could look very different. Surely will look very different than maybe the strategy or the look and feel of, of what we saw tonight. Yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah, uh, and and there was uh, obviously the big news out of tonight was uh, Nathan Rourke. It was a meaningless game in in most respects, but uh, there were a couple of big time milestones, if you would. I see Brady one thousand here in the chat. That's a big one. Um, you had on BC even. Um, you had Keon Hatcher hit, I think, the thousand yard mark. You had, uh, and then you had Nathan Rourke's uh, appearance, and then you also had on the bomber side, bomber side of the ball, you had Greg Ellingson and Will Tarkey show out. Uh, this was, I mean, it was a meaningless game in the standings, but uh, it was, it, it, it there was uh, some stuff for fans to get excited about. What, what was your kind of impression of of Nathan Rourke off the top? Well, we will touch on Nathan Rourke. It's funny, like Josh, I, I'm reading the live chat as I'm like in the elevator of my building, waiting to get up uh, to the to the lab here for the show, and I'm reading the live chat as people are waiting on our YouTube page. And they're like, mm. can you not talk about Nathan Rourke? TSN did enough of that tonight. And like, <laughs> I get that. Right. But the guy is the, the main story. story. He that missed story. 10 weeks with a list, Frank sprain an injury. Now everybody in Canadian football fandom all the way to the trainers uh, and uh, you know, uh, support staff and the ball boys and girls and, and the rest, everybody knows what a list Frank 
uh, sprain or fracture is now. Um, but for how long he was out, how good he was to start the season, of course, him being a Canadian uh, and being uh, a, a second-year player, first-year starter, and how he just kind of came out gangbusters. Um, tonight was interesting to watch him. He finished 7 of 11 for 68 yards, same yardage total as Zach Kolaris, but throwing the ball uh, a little bit more. Uh, you'll see some of the stats uh, and, and good stuff on sa.com slash bonfire as well on the ticker below. Um, I think Rourke accomplished what he wanted to, and that was shake off the rust, get a little bit of confidence. You know, he, he mentioned that in his interviews this week. He's like, he wanted to get confidence going. Well, did the Bombers do what they could to shake his confidence? Well, they forced him to fumble. Casey Sales was credited, I believe, with a strip sack, but I watched that play over and over and over again. Casey Sales does not grab Nathan Rourke's arm. He yeah. essentially butts that ball against his knee and out it comes. And yeah. then a great moment in the game that got a lot of people fired up on social media, both BC Lions fans and Blue Bombers fans and then CFL fans, was Jake Thomas kind of swatting his hand away from Nathan Rourke, who was looking for some help up off the turf. Uh, great moment yeah. there. I just tweeted, that's football, right? Yeah. Like these guys are competing between the whistles. And, you know, I understand sportsmanship and all that's important, but like, come on. This this guy is uh, has been a killer in the CFL for the, the nine games that he did play. Why would Jake Thomas do anything to help him. It's an intimidation thing. It's a psychological thing. These two teams could be right back on that same turf in 14 days or whatever, Absolutely. 15 days, and, uh, um, you know, competing for an opportunity to go to the Grey Cup. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, the other thing is, actually, what's interesting is I believe both of those guys, uh, not only Case Sales, but also North Nathan Rourke, they, or pardon me, pardon me, uh, Jake, they both went to uh, uh, Ohio. Uh, they were Ohio Bobcats. Um, so I don't think they were teammates. Uh, Sorry, however, that's Rourke and who? Rourke and I believe it, it, it's uh, and Jake. What, what, was it Thomas who? What, was it Thomas who reached out, or was it Casey Sales who reached out? It was to, Casey to, Sales who got credited with the strip sack, but it was Thomas kind no, of standing over Rourke. Reached down, yeah. So so there was so there was some some interesting because Rourke went to Ohio, I think, a year before him or something or a year after or something like that him yeah and so there there was a little bit of just kind of like a friendly uh or a little bit of a of a you know a, a alma mater kind of, of of thing going on there uh between the two but but i thought that right. was uh that was obviously a really uh cool um and yeah it was just a competitive like to your to your, to your point i mean that's just a, the part of the game right i mean you're just like yeah. you said that psychological it's it's all part of it i'll, I'll just kind of maybe give my quick thing on work just so that we can get past it so that we can get yeah. to the, the, the the big blue as well here um work i thought you said you mentioned confidence and uh th there was confidence in a couple of different things that i was looking for from nathan was a you know this was obviously just a glorified preseason game is, is really what it was at the end of the day right and so yes. what you see in preseason is a lot of people with mentally it's not necessarily the physical side of things. We know Nathan Rourke can sling the ball. We know all these quarterbacks can sling the ball. That's why they're professional throwers of the football. Uh, but what you really want to see is kind of that, maybe that internal timer uh, get, being up to speed. You want to see right. them getting rid of the ball on time, being in sync with their wide receivers. Um, and you also want to see the decision-making aspect of it. So it's really the mental confidence, really, that I was wanting to see from Nathan Work. Also, maybe just even the confidence from a physical standpoint of him just, you know, being able to plant on, plant on the foot, drive, uh, move around, show that mobility, just 
you, you just don't want to see him thinking about that foot, right? And so I, 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 I would, I would say that he showed confidence in that respect with the little bit of mobility that he showed, um, and then he also showed confidence, and this is in big part to the play calling to start the game, in my opinion. I thought the play calling was brilliant to start the game for BC because they just did what you would call layups, right? We're not trying to be Steph Curry out here and pull up from 30 feet and throw in a, a three-pointer, right? We just want to get you to the rack, little easy layup, get the ball into the into the hoop. Um, and, and he did that with little dumps, little little five-yard hooks, right? Getting the ball out of his hands really quickly to his running backs or wide receivers. Doesn't really matter, but that all that stuff just gets a quarterback in rhythm early in a game. It gets it gets their confidence, it builds their confidence up because at the end of the day, like I mentioned off the top, it was a glorified preseason game. You just want to shake the rest off from the past couple of months, lead into a good week of practice, and then hopefully go make your regular noise uh, in, in the uh, Western semis next week. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely what the MO was for, for both of these teams respectively, right, in, in a lot of ways. Now, what, what I noticed uh, was while Rourke was kind of, you know, trying to, to just operate a little bit, and like, I, I want to talk about Zach Kolaris and, and how impressive he was. I think he put a lot of doubters to bed tonight about who the most outstanding player in the CFL is Amen. in 2022 lots of work talk about his you know sample size versus the gaudy numbers and the rest his level of competition versus um you know maybe not playing the best teams in the league and then when he did play against the best team in the regular season the winnipeg blue bombers came back down to earth and then today came back down to earth or at least was a little bit more feet on the ground as far as um you know that exalted one that uh nathan Rourke has kind of become in Canadian football. And I mean, I get it. I'm a huge fan of watching Nathan Rourke. He's special. He's got something. He can really make things happen. But yeah. Zach Kolaris proved tonight he is the best player in the Canadian Football League. His numbers tell it. Two possessions, two touchdowns. He threw the ball 80%, four or five, 68 yards. Quarterback efficiency rating. What's a perfect QBR? 158.3. That's right. That was Zach Kolaris's number tonight, uh, which uh, I think tells the whole story. Um, but shaking that rust off, what stood out to me, I, I wanted to mention earlier, was that when Nathan Rourke did throw the ball deep, who was there? It was Canadian rookie corner Tyrell Ford, his brother Trey, quarterback of the Edmonton Elks, in attendance at IG Field tonight, uh, you know, uh, hanging out in the stands with, with family and friends for sure. Um, and yes. then before that, it was... Uh, Jamal Parker Jamal with a Parker. great pass uh, breakup on a deep ball. Those two plays, I think, were great for the psychological battle that is these playoff tune-ups, this glorified preseason game, Week 21 exhibition, however you want to look at it, because Nathan yeah. Rourke, if he has to face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers again in the West Final on that same turf, he knows he's got to go up against guys like Tyrell Ford, like Jamal Parker, like Dietrich Nichols and company that uh, is a very, very talented Blue Bombers defensive secondary. Yeah, no question. I, I thought that that was, it was a big time game from Tyrell Ford. I thought that he, uh, he absolutely balled out today and, and Jamal Parker. Yeah. Like you mentioned. So the, with all that being said, I mean, I, without, you know, exactly echoing everything that you just said, I mean, it, it, it is kind of one of those things where if, 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 if Rourke hits one of those big time shots down the field, I mean, that is at that point, now it's, he's rolling, you know what I mean? Now it's kind of, okay, not only have I 
not only not only have I hit my couple of layups that I've underneath, but now I've just now I've hit the three pointer. Now I've hit the the thirty five footer, right? Um, so I think that that's uh, I, I think those are big time um, those are big time plays from Tyrell Ford, Ford and, and and Jamal Parker uh, respectively. Bombers defense overall uh, was 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 great today. I thought I, I think that they yeah. uh, they're that whether it was the stars or whether it was the backups and and my biggest my biggest guy I'm sure we'll get to him later on in the show as well was Casey Sales. Um, I thought that mm-hmm. he had a big time game. But uh, was there anybody else from Winnipeg that that you wanted to kind of touch on just as far as uh, big time games? Well, another player that shook off the rust when talking about the Blue Bombers defense was Jackson Jeffcoat. You know, uh, Mike O'Shea spoke after the game about, you know, it's it's tough to see on the sidelines, you know, what's happening in the trenches, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, Jeffcoat did get to the quarterback. He played a lot of snaps tonight, which I think is a very positive sign. You know, a guy that's been uh, kind of nagged by something for a month or two now in and out of the lineup, in and out of practice, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, offensively good to see that strike from uh zach kolaris uh to uh greg ellingson i think that was a 26 yarder uh good to see uh the strike from uh zach kolaris to drew wolitarski both of those receivers have missed a good amount of time here over the uh you know final stretch uh, of the regular season and then of course it is really positive that you still see that um, late play off schedule connection yes. between Kolaris and his receivers. It was yeah. uh, Rashid Bailey on his touchdown. And like, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Schnitzer uh, said it on his Twitter during the game. Is there anybody better at pulling the ball up off the turf, getting his hands up underneath it than Rashid Bailey? He seems to always be able to do that uh, and, and, and make it look easy. Uh, and then of course, we're going to talk a lot about Dalton Schoen tonight because not only did uh, he finish tonight atop the league lead in receiving yards and touchdowns, he will finish in the league lead in receiving touchdowns, uh, could end up leading the league in, in touchdowns, period, um, mm-hmm. if uh, Caleb Evans doesn't rush for any uh, in the triple header on Saturday. Uh, the receiving yards, don't count Geno Lewis out yet. He could have a big game uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. He is that team's most outstanding player nominee. Uh, but but there you got a guy who's right there with Dalton Schoen, who's been in this league a long time, Josh. The numbers yeah. are there, the touchdowns, the, the receptions. And in Montreal, he's their most outstanding player nominee. Nobody on the defense, nobody else on the offense. It's Geno Lewis. That's how good Dalton Schoen was yeah. this season. And he did it as a rookie which is crazy. Well, that's, that's just it. I heard on the broadcast, they were talking about, they said, well, this is just an, this is an all-time bombers rookie year. And this isn't just an all-time bombers rookie year. This is an all-time CFL rookie year. And it's just, I'm just kind of sitting there thinking to myself, well, this isn't just an all-time CFL rookie year. Like this is just, he's having a great all-time year period. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, when you're talking about 16 touchdowns over the course of a season is just, that is no small feat whatsoever. Uh, Dalton Shane, he, he set himself up great, not only for, the playoffs, not only for next season, but like just his future as a whole. I we don't know where he's going to get looks. I, I we don't know. We talked about it a lot uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were on the show here. Just as far as maybe potential NFL looks in in his future, no yeah, that, that that's absolutely uh, a possibility for Dalton. So I think that he had uh, he he was tremendous. Today. And 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 just going back to I mean everything with with Zach Kalaros, man. Like it, 
this was, again, going back to the whole glorified preseason thing. This is just a matter of, I think that the amount of time that, not that anybody cares what I would have done, but if I was in Michael Shea's, uh, if I was in his, in his shoes, I think I would have done exactly what he did with Zach Klaus, which was playing for the first quarter. And that's all you really need is just to get him, just, just get him with live bullets. Just get a couple live bullets in there. Just the feel of the game, right? It's, just the feel of the game. And then all that's, that's all you really wanted to do was just kind of get him the, like I just mentioned when talking with Rourke, was you just wanted to get that confidence, that, that kind of that fluidity, that, that confidence, that rhythm uh, still going and, 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 and keeping it smooth and, and, and riding into the postseason. That's what he did. And then also with Ellingson and Wolotarski, it was great to, to, to see those guys back on the football field. But I mean, we, we did not see, uh, Nick Dembski out there, but just the thought of once again having the receiving core all fully healthy, all together, and then it was just something also to see the offensive line. Of course, no Kolonkowski, but uh, the but but of course the the regular uh, starting five, what we were expecting to begin the year uh, out there, and 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 it was just really nice to see them and Brady Oliveira, just Brady with with a cap in a thousand yards there, uh, with yeah. that crazy run at the end of the end of the first half was awesome as well. So. This was, it was really cool not to only see them just kind of do the, uh, shake off the rust, if you would, or, or keep the rust off, if you would. But just, it was also kind of just nice to see what was essentially the entire starting offense all out there together. And just, you see them go two drives, two tugs. That was, I mean, that you can't really ask for much better things than that. So, um, yeah, I think that it's just one of those. It was, like you said, for Kalaros making kind of a statement game as far as most outstanding player. I think it was just a statement game. It was just kind of like that. Hey, yeah, we, we were missed by the way we were missing, you know, two of our top receivers this entire time. And now we're getting them back. And by the way, we still didn't have Dembski in the offense. So yeah, get ready for whoever's coming to, to IG field uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Josh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Maybe not a statement game, but a statement no doubt yeah. by Zach Kolaris of, of just how good this Blue Bombers offense is when he is at the controls. Four plays, 60 yards, capped by the Dalton Schoen touchdown. Ten plays, 59 yards, uh, including that 26-yard strike to Greg Ellingson uh, for the Rashid Bailey touchdown uh, drive as well to go up 14-0. Sit down, eight. Well, he didn't sit down. He kept the helmet on. He stood there right on the sideline, on the paint, pretty much for the entirety of the game with Drew Brown or with Dakota Prukop, uh, kind of walking the sideline and, and watching, you know, standing right at that line of scrimmage, you know, focusing closely on the snap exchange, on the offensive yeah. line. Like those guys, when when they're on the sidelines, like if, if a starter or even a, a number two, a reserve, is, is watching the game, Josh, it, it's amazing to watch them because they are engaged in the game. It's like they are doing a shadow rep in their mind of what Absolutely. is going on, what they would do, what the assignment is, what, what mistakes to avoid. They're probably not thinking about mistakes to avoid, but, but what, you know, uh, to pick up and, and all those sorts of things. I think that yeah. is so indicative of a very, very well coached team. When you keep guys uh, as engaged as, um, you know, Zach Kolaris showed tonight after that, uh, impressive first quarter. I'm glad you mentioned Brady Oliveira hitting a thousand yards. He becomes just the fourth Canadian in this century. That being the 21st century uh, since the year 2000, John Cornish, Jerome Messam, Andrew Harris, and now 
Brady Oliveira as the only Canadians to rush for a thousand yards in a regular season. Uh, amazing how, geez, you know, it was a month into the regular season, Josh, and people were like still talking about, you know, Johnny Augustine and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe Greg McRae should get some, 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 yeah. uh, some touches and, you know, do they need to trade for somebody and, you know, this or that. I think Brady showed everybody wrong and uh, he put together a heck of a season. He ran, he, he didn't just run hard tonight, but he runs hard period. Um, and I think it just took, it took something to, to just click. And then when it did clearly Buck Pierce saw it, Mike O'Shea saw it, the entire blue bombers organization saw it. Brady was their guy from day one this season. And he took advantage of that opportunity with, a really impressive season stayed healthy and, and put up a thousand. Yeah. That, that, uh, I mean, the, that, that list that you mentioned there of the Canadians to top a thousand, that, that, that list does not suck. So that that's yeah. kudos to, uh, kudos to Brady for, for, for joining that list. And, and to your point, you mentioned him running hard period. There was something about tonight for me with Brady that just, he looked like he came out of the gates, just like he knew that he was only, you know, whatever it was, 70 odd yards or whatever it was away from a thousand. Like he knew that, right? Coming to the, of course he did. And it, he just kind of came out with, he looked like he was almost running a little harder than normal. Like if there was something, I don't know, there was something me watching it and I'm just kind of sitting there like, oh my God, like he is running with a purpose tonight. And and that is, that is the, as he calls him, calls itself, um, the Brady brand of football is, is running, is running that hard. And, and, and I will say as well, man, like, I mean, Brady's a guy who I went to, uh, Brady's a guy who I went to high school with for for in, in our grade nine year before he transferred to Oak Park. And I will say, man, like it's kudos to him because you, 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 you saw him even in grade nine when him and I weren't overly close at that time, but um, you, you saw him, it was kind of like everybody at lunch hour was out there, you know, doing their lunch hour thing as high school kids do, but sure. Brady was in the gym. You know what I mean? He was working out and because he had that, he had kind of that, that, that mentality of, Hey, I want to get to, the CFL or I want to even he was trying to get to the NFL at one point right and and so that you saw it kind of carry into the his college days and now into the CFL and I'll be honest there was a point in time in which I was kind of looking at Brady and his his brand of football and and, and I there was something that wasn't quite sitting right with me as far as him being the lead dog as far okay. as, as Winnipeg's lead dog going forward there was something maybe it just wasn't his he he had that Andrew Harris kind of brand but he wasn't as athletic in my opinion as Andrew Harris so there was kind of something that was missing there from he shut me up I mean there was there was at one point there I mean I was you know I I, I wouldn't definitely would not call myself a hater of his by any stretch of the imagination but it was just a matter of, there was something missing for me and he has shut me up the rest of the season and there was something I I, I remember asking O'Shea uh, back in whatever it was week four week five when all this talk about Augustine and stuff like that was happening and right. I, I asked him like what was the like, what was the conversation like with Buck Pierce as far as just giving Brady the keys to the to the car here? Like, the, you know, we there was the one week where it was like Brady was they were splitting carries and then Brady just took over. Like, it just wasn't. Right. And 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 of course, Mike didn't. I mean, Coach O'Shea didn't give us give us anything to to to, to chew on with that question as as sure. he as he does. But but at the same time, it was just kind of one of those things where it, he just kind of took the keys and whatever it was behind the scenes that happened there that Brady did or, or whatever it was, they just decided like, yep, this is Brady's time. And he's just kind of taken it and ran with it. And he just seems to get better as the game goes along. And so I think Brady, uh, 
great, great game for him. He ran exceptionally hard. Kudos to him for getting that, that 1000 yard mark. And, uh, and the offensive line also, I, I kudos to them because the offensive line showed out big time as well tonight. Well, anytime you have a thousand yard rusher on a team, a lot of that credit, a lot goes to <laughs> those big boys up front. And it's more yeah. than just the starting five other guys came in and, and helped get the job done. Liam Dobson lining up in jumbo package as a tight end, Mike Miller coming in as a fullback and, and blocking uh, Jake Thomas coming in uh, on offense uh, in short yardage. Uh, sometimes Brady, I believe needed 71 yards to break a thousand tonight. He finished nine carries, 72 yards. He averaged eight yards per carry and his long was only 20. So he, he didn't do that with a, a big chunk play. He was just workmanlike uh, putting in the yards. Um, up next, the CFL postseason. Uh, it is just over a week away. I want everybody out there who is watching to get into the live chat and give us your West semifinal prediction. Stampeders at Lions next Sunday in Vancouver. Who's coming to Winnipeg for the West final? Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat joining us here on, on game day after dark. Love seeing all the fire starters out there supporting the channel. Uh, James, Ryan, Songspire, uh, you look new to me. Welcome. Uh, appreciate uh, you tuning in. Corey, uh, Friesen, uh, Waiters, uh, Patrick Adamick, who's watching uh, from Mexico. I have no doubt. Jeff Kabila's, uh, James, uh, I could go on and on. You guys are awesome. Uh, sign guy says uh, he got to wear Lucky Whitehead's uh, spinning top hat uh, tonight. So uh, that's a win right there. Barflies, uh, great to see everybody uh, here uh, on the channel. Head down below, give us a thumbs up. Uh, really appreciate uh, that as well. Uh, when it comes to the postseason, uh, things no doubt will change, Josh. Um, Winnipeg does look tuned up and ready. Oh, yeah. I look at the defensive side of the ball and some of the moves the Blue Bombers have made as of late, kind of as indications of, of what that roster may look like uh, for the playoffs. Uh, Desmond Lawrence... Signed as a free agent, cut by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, you know, uh, late in the season. Winnipeg scoops him up, uh, was their most outstanding rookie in 2021. There he is, a free agent in 2022. He came in, played corner, looked good in coverage, didn't look so good to me in run support. Uh, mm. Jamal Parker looked great. And I think yeah. that really made a difference of who's getting the work in this regular season finale. And I think there will be a little bit of a wrinkle. I'm not certain of this, Josh, but I think it is a possibility that Demario Houston, he was the Blue Bombers boundary corner this season, not Jeez. Winston Rose. It was Demario Houston. Um, yes. And, you know, th that's the spot. That's the island, right? Uh, that's the toughest guard position uh, in the CFL secondary and Demario Houston was that guy. He's missed a lot of time due to injury this year. I believe it's a lower body issue. He's been back practicing again. I think what Winnipeg will do is keep Dietrich Nichols and Winston Rose at boundary. Mm. They'll definitely keep Winston Rose at one of the cornerback spots. I think they'll bring Demario Houston back and have Jamal Parker at halfback. So I think Desmond Lawrence, while he came here to Winnipeg, practiced for a week, then played for a week in BC, practiced again with the ones, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks here going into this regular season finale. I think he, Desmond Lawrence, is the contingency plan. I think Demario Houston 
could come back. That is a huge boon to this Blue Bombers defense who now has a healthy Jackson Jeffcoat, a healthy Willie Jefferson, Casey Sales, and Jake Thomas in the middle. Uh, Ricky Walker running after guys late in the game uh, tonight at defensive tackle. You have Malik Clements back and healthy. You have Jesse Briggs and Shane Goche in support. Adam Big Hill, you have Alden Darby, the new dimebacker, uh, helping in run support and the pass uh, game. And then, of course, Brandon Alexander coming back uh, just after Labor Day. Everything has come together at the right time for this Blue Bombers team. Uh, if yeah. they had lost tonight, I think there may be questions. I'd like your take on that, Josh, and everybody out there as well. If the Blue Bombers lost in Vancouver last week, 40-32, and then they lost tonight, even though they were meaningless games for them in the standings, wouldn't there be questions about are the Blue Bombers tuned up for a no postseason question. run? I think a no. win tonight washes that away. You look at the roster, you look at the way their season went, 15 and three, and finishing with a win at home. By the way, the other win at home, the Bombers led the CFL in attendance this season over uh, 28,641. John Hodge, a three down nation, did the math. That's a huge win at home. But the Bombers win at home tonight, I I think, really solidifies the confidence, not just amongst the team. I'm talking about the fans and the media and the people outside of Manitoba that look at the Blue Bombers going for a three-peat and feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and and that's just it. I mean, the the, the key in playoffs, regardless of the sport that you're talking about, it's typically the most successful teams of the playoffs are those who are hot at the right time into the playoffs and healthy going into the playoffs at the right time. So uh, the Bombers are getting both of those. I mean, if again, to your point, you mentioned if the Bombers had lost back-to-back games here going into the, into the, into the postseason, regardless of whether it was with the starters or not playing uh, or not playing for, for that matter, uh, for, for the majority of the game, I still think that, yeah, there would have been a little bit of, yeah, there, there would have been something to talk about there as far as, okay, are, are these guys ready to go? Is there any rust concerns, anything like uh, to that, to that effect? Um, now we're not talking about that. We got nothing to talk about in that respect. I think this team is. I think this team is ready to go. We saw what the offense can do. We saw what the defense has done. Uh, what the defense did all game. He got Demari Houston. Hopefully, if he can come back, obviously that is big time. I mean, the more help, the better in the secondary, uh, especially in the CFL. So uh, all around, I mean, this is this is top to bottom. This team is about as healthy as it possibly can get uh, heading into the postseason in a couple of weeks. I mean, shoot, this is, you, you, you think about the term any given Sunday, which obviously applies, you know, it could, anything can happen, but this is on paper. This is, I mean, this is really the bombers are are the runaway favorites. And regardless of what they do, this is their, this is theirs to lose on paper. Uh, And so I think that's something to, that's something to, to keep in mind. Josh, like it's going to be a catastrophic letdown if the Blue Bombers do anything <laughs> this year but win the Grey Cup. Like, come on, that you know. Yeah. Let's let's state the obvious here. If they lose yeah. November thirteenth, or if they lose on uh, November twentieth in Regina, like if they're yeah. doing anything but hoisting the mug as the confetti flies on the night of November twentieth in Regina, Saskatchewan, it's going to be absolute chaos because. Well, Everything's let, lined let, up. Everything's let me, lined let, up. Let me ask you this then. Like, I mean, in that in that respect, like, what do you think if you were doing kind of the scouting against the bar? Like, what do you see as being the 
weakness of or the the, the soft spot in this bombers team to exploit to in order to beat them because even I, I, who, who, someone just commented here in, in the chat saying you pretty much have to play perfect football against this team for you know 60 minutes to 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 come out with the w and i completely agree with that they're never out of a game is there any is there something specific that you think is that they can really be exploited here for 16 minutes on this team well like i mean that's the ultimate question going through pro football uh <laughs> grapevines in canada right now right yeah. um i don't think there's anything specific because the blue bombers are extremely solid and deep top to bottom and offense yeah. and defense and special teams and and even in that fourth phase of football the coaching and the mentality and the leadership and the community and the fight for your teammates, uh, you know, uh, mentality that they have every, like everything is there. So, yeah. you know, when you, when you ask those tough questions and, and great comment here from Ralph Campbell, who's watching live on Facebook, what's going on, Ralph. Thanks for joining us here on uh, game day after dark. Calgary is the team that will win in BC by a touchdown. Calgary scares me the most says Ralph. I I'm with you. I think Calgary is, yeah. Um, if there is a team that can beat Winnipeg, and I know the Bombers beat them three times this year, yep. but it's, it's hard to beat any team three times in a row. And it oh. only gets worse four oh. times in a row. If you go to no SIA.com slash bonfire and you put money on three games and then you add the fourth, watch your odds. You're getting paid because <laughs> yeah. it's hard to win four. So oh. if there is a team, that aside, all of that aside, if there is a team that knows how to beat Winnipeg and can beat Winnipeg, I think, I think it's the Calgary Stampeders. But specifically to answer your question, like specifically what can be done, I think it is a little bit cliche, but you have to out-physical them. You have mm -hmm. to punch them in the mouth. You have to stop the run game. Like tonight, think about this. The Bombers scored two touchdowns on their first two possessions. Zach Kolaris went four of five. Dakota yeah. Prukop put together scoring drives. He went four of 10. The yeah. Blue Bombers quarterbacks tonight had eight completions and they won 24 to nine. Yeah. They scored 24 yeah. points and like none on defense. Yeah. With they, they eight play. completions. You have they to play. stop the run because yeah. that would make them one dimensional. If you stop the run, then your linebackers can, can drop back a little bit more. You don't have to, you know, you, you can be a little, a little bit more coverage. You can guard that, those crossing routes from Schoen and from Ellingson and from Dembski and the rest a, a little bit better. Uh, not an easy task, but you need to beat them in the trenches. You need to punch them in the mouth. You need to stop the run. And I think you need something special to happen on special teams, right? Like, yeah. yeah you, of course, your your offense has to score points. Jake Mayer, Nathan Rourke, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, hey, even if it's Trevor Harris and the Montreal Alouettes, if they're in the Grey Cup game, which I think is a possibility, or Dane Evans and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Everybody out there knows how 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 high I think of, of the Tiger Cats, uh, despite finishing third in the, in the East, um, the lowly, lowly East. But any team, the offense has to score. But defensively, you have to out-physical them. And, and stop the run. And then you need something special, something unique. You have to find a wrinkle and put points on the board with special teams. That could be a takeaway. That could be a field flipping fumble or um, a trick play. Um, yeah. You know, a misdirection, an onside kick, a squib kick, a driver, something to happen for your team 
to get an advantage, a seven point advantage, a 10 point advantage. That's the only way you play 60 minutes, you punch them in the mouth and you find a way to get that slight advantage, whether it comes on special teams or, or somewhere else. Um, I, I think that's the magic elixir. There, there really isn't, uh, you know, uh, a yeah. game. So to go on and on about it, it's difficult. Any team is possible. Any, anything is possible. Any team can win. Like you said, it's the CFL playoffs any given Sunday. Yeah, and, and the other thing I, I would like to say that you just need to catch the Bombers sleeping for a little bit uh, but and, and hope that they don't come out of the gates firing like they usually do. But, you know, we saw that last year in the West Final against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where did the Bombers have five first half or sorry not in the in in the uh in yeah in the west final where the bombers had five first half turnovers was yeah, that I if i remember, remember six overall like and 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 i mean they were they ended up obviously winning that game and they weren't so it's just they play the the thing with the bombers is they play such great complementary football that's what makes them in my mind so so good is right is is if the offense isn't quite humming the defense does their thing and they'll go on the field a little bit longer than usual and they'll shut it down uh if vice versa the offense will go put up points if you want to get into a track meet with the bombers the bombers have no problem getting to a track meet we'll go put up 35 points each with you you know what i mean yep. um or if you guys want to grind it out then we'll go grind it out as well uh so i think that that that's the yep. biggest thing for with that that's kind of working in the favor of the bombers but I, again, I would like to say you just got to catch them sleeping in the first half or something like that, and, or for the first three quarters. But we saw that last year against the Rough Riders, and and they still came out on top. So yeah, the the I, I guess I was asking a question that I I didn't even really have an answer to myself there. But but I think that it's uh, I, I think it's it's obviously something that people have been trying to figure out for the past like three seasons now. Uh, so is is how do we how do we beat this team? What is what is the magical recipe here? But um, if if you don't mind me also just maybe kind of tailing off here. There on, on Dalton Shane because uh, we, we just going back to him really quickly. It's mm -hmm. just there was a play in the second quarter that I wanted to bring up where it was uh, uh, Prukop Prukop rolling out to his right. And he found Dalton uh, on the on the run and Dalton. It, it was his it's his nose for the end zone that just kind of caught me as far as and I think this is why he's going to continue to be a big player rolling into the playoffs. Here is just his nose for the end zone is just so incredible uh, in the sense that. He made, a, he made a guy miss, and instead of going out of bounds, he could have went out of bounds like most people would have, or just trying to put his shoulder into a guy to fall forward for maybe a couple extra yards. He juked one guy, and he felt, I think it was like three yards short of the end zone. So there's, there's just, that's just kind of a mention of, of Dalton one, one, once again is, is yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the yak. It's the yards after the catch for him that makes him so special. It's the nose for the end zone. He's always, always just trying to he, – he touches the ball he wants to score, and that's the mentality that you have to have at the wide receiver position. but. Um, but I think that the, 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 the bombers overall here, I mean, this is, yeah, the, the recipe is tough to beat them. Um, but I, I think that this is again, I, out of the, out of the West here, I'm going to, I think everybody's saying Calgary. I think Calgary is my pick as well. Although there's a piece of me that wants to say, yeah, that'd be cool to see Rourke come out and win a playoff game and be, you know, one game away from the great cup. I think that the fan in me actually wants to see Calgary because of the gems of games that we have gotten from the Bombers and Calgary in, in recent memory. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's very well said. Uh, back to an earlier statement you made, you asked a question that you don't know the answer to. Don't you know that's rule number one of interviewing? Never <laughs> ask a question you don't know the answer to. No, I, I, I kid, very of course. Fair. I kid. Very fair. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 
already noticing people in the live chat are, are following you on Twitter. And I encourage everybody to Josh Frey, Sam of the Winnipeg free press joining us and follow him on Twitter at J Frey, Sam, J F R E Y S A M. Uh, if you're catching this podcast a little bit later or the audio, or you can head down to the video description below here on YouTube and you'll find, um, how to follow, uh, Josh on social media. Um, Interesting uh, when you think about um, the Blue Bombers, Walby Warrior tonight, the mm -hmm. the Westwood wide to the right, the burning point. Like that's going to be a tough one to pick, Josh, just because yeah. of, of uh, the type of game it was. I got a happy honker, no doubt in my mind. Uh, and then some game balls tonight. Uh, do you want do you want to get things going uh, with, with Walby Warrior? Uh, anybody stand yeah. out to you that that maybe went to war like sixty three always did? <laughs> uh you want to know what I, oh man there's actually there's some oh because of all of the because of all of the, the there was some milestones hit tonight there was some great plays out of the rookies you know what okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go mike miller i'm gonna, i'm taking mike miller on this one because did i take yours yes okay okay that, my apologies but okay no, mike no, miller, no. The, don't oh, apologize my, well my, mike miller the, the reason why I'm going with him is because not only did he score a touchdown, which, by the way, that is a play that 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 play as far as bringing whether it's a tight end or a fullback over into that to take the the snap under. That's a play that you see that has been kind of made super popular by the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Anyways, just uh, in the NFL, the, the Chiefs do that with Travis Kelsey a ton. Um, but anyways, seeing that play just kind of made me laugh. And then you had over there on the sideline, you had the. Uh, uh, Jefferson uh, uh, lining up a wide receiver. That was a lot of fun to watch him. Just a big six foot seven guy over there, wide receiver. But um, oh, is that anyway, Johnson? Yeah, I, I didn't know. Yeah, that was just that was a mismatch. He might just throw the ball up and see if Willie can come down with that yeah. ball. But no, the uh, yeah, no, he's the, doing Michael like a Miller Carlton Agadosi impression, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. And and so and and just and even yeah yeah he's just even bigger, even even thicker than him. But yeah, no the um. Uh, yeah, Mike Miller. He 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 went went got a uh, got that touchdown, but also he made his typical he made his typical uh, impact on special teams, uh, coming up with a few special teams tackles. So uh, that's that's my dude today, as far as uh, as 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 the Walby Warrior. What about you? I love it. I'm I'm glad you went right to Mike Miller right off the hop. The killer Mike Miller deserves all of the accolades, all of the praise, and and all of the reward just like a touchdown they gave him tonight and that he took um, because Mike Miller is one of the most uh, grounded, humble, hardworking, tough as nails, lunch pail and hard hat individuals you will ever see play the game. There's a reason Mike O'Shea respects the crap out of Mike Miller. There's a reason every single guy in that locker room looks at number 24 and aspires every day to be more like him. He is one of my favorite players to watch. And as a fan of football, I'm a fan of Mike Miller because of just how good he is at what he does. He is not flashy. He is not, uh, you know, front of line, uh, you know, face on uh, the side of the bomber store or, um, you know, uh, people talking about him all the time, but he when it came bill. to, you know, voting and recognition, and now that he is like, I've been talking about Mike Miller before he was like within reach of that, uh, all time special teams tackle record, like way before, mm -hmm. way before that. 
yeah. because he just puts in work. The guy yeah. knows how to play football and um, awesome to see him get a touchdown uh, in the regular season finale tonight. I hope he comes back and, and continues to play in 2023. Uh, no insight, no information on that, but uh, interesting that they gave him a carry uh, on the goal line uh, in, in the, the regular season finale tonight. I love that. Uh, great pick for your Walby warrior, uh, Josh Frey, Sam. Uh, Tyrell Ford says waiters. Uh, other people mention uh, Brady Oliveira, I think is a, a great choice uh, for Walby's warrior. Um, there's an individual I want to give it to tonight just because I think he goes and does his job similar to like in the spirit of Chris Walby and okay. not a lot of people talk about him, but he's, he's a starter. He's out there. He makes plays. I think he's wildly underrated and that is Casey sales. Great for him to get the strip sack right. tonight, getting uh, Nathan Rourke's kitchen a little bit. If they face yeah. each other again in 15, 16 days, uh, I think that's a huge uh, mental and psychological advantage that the Blue Bombers have in having Casey Sales number 90 pushing the pile in the middle and Nathan Rourke, uh, you know, uh, looking over his center at Casey Sales. Um, but he's my Walby warrior tonight, getting the strip sack, uh, even if he maybe didn't cause the fumble. Uh, but, but, rewarded for great work um you know in in getting in nathan Rourke's kitchen throwing him off a little bit so often people are like where's steven richardson you know our run defense isn't as good as it we need stove he's the guy uh sure he was he's yeah. a very very good football player and unfortunate his season um you know uh you know what just hit, hit some health issues uh, with the BC Lions. But Casey Sales is a very, very solid, good football player. The Blue Bombers are lucky to have him. He's my Walby Warrior tonight. Yeah, he uh, he was in the he was in the backfield a lot tonight. I thought that he was uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. And, and yeah, he obviously was kind of put the pressure on to cause that fumble. And then he also just found himself making plays not only in the run game, but he also found himself making plays uh, pass rushing as well. He just seems to continuously be. And and to on, to your point, you, you mentioned the lunch pail and Mike Miller. I mean, like that that's just kind of that goes hand in hand, honestly. With I mean, Case tells you could mention him as as a, as a lunch pail guy as well. You know, like these are these are just guys. They just go to work, get their job done, consistently make plays on. Each, each week in week out um I, I i i love the pick from you what, what's up next as far as uh awards that were given out here i'll quickly say casey sales finished the season with 36 tackles as a dt 36 mm. that's two every game which is pretty good as a defensive nose Not bad. Uh, six sacks and two forced fumbles uh including the one tonight he had a sack in each of winnipeg's last three games uh and played did he miss any? I don't think he missed any games this year. Like just healthy. Good to go. That's uh, best so, ability is availability. Well put. Well put. Uh, next up, Westwood's wide to the right. The moment in this game or this week or whatever maybe rubbed you the wrong way was an absolute miss. Uh, oh, God. Tough uh, one. Uh, very tough one. I don't even know um, if I have one tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if I have one. Everything was just great tonight. <laughs> Here, here's my Westwood wide to the right. For the first time, I believe, I haven't double-checked this, but I'm told, first time since 1996 that the final regular season week in the Canadian Football League was meaningless. 
for the standings and uh, the playoff seating and the rest. So mm. that was a bit of a miss. The CFL is normally, uh, you know, no lead is safe, even in the standings, right? Would would like to know how that uh, wait for the TV ratings and stuff and everything to come out, see how uh, everything did as far as, uh, you know, I, obviously Bomber, even the Bombers, uh, say, you mentioned earlier Bombers uh, crowd, we set the record or, or we were leading the league this year. Um, crowd looked like, you mentioned you were at the game. You, you, this crowd was excited, but there was obviously a, a little bit more. The crowd was uh, dimmed as far as the attendance goes, uh, the, right? Yeah. Well, people might just be saving saving up for the West Final, right? Or maybe a trip to up, Regina. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a, think about it, Josh. Maybe. There's a lot of fans that wear green on Sundays and Saturdays and Fridays and Thursdays through the summer that yeah. are selling tickets right now. No question. Yeah. And, you know? and, and the, and the Eve, Eve, Eve of, of Halloween, uh, also played a, played a yep. role in that, <laughs> but I know uh, I didn't have, you want to know what I, I, I'm going to, uh, I, if I can use my, 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 uh, uh, my, 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 is it the fifth amendment? The, uh, plead the fifth here. Sorry. Fifth okay. amendment. Plead the fifth. You don't want to incriminate uh, yourself. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to, on the, on this one, this is a, uh, um, yeah, this is a tough one. I don't know if there's anything that really rubbed me the wrong way tonight. Uh, Drew Brown. I mean, I guess like I don't want to like pick on Drew, but I mean, like I didn't think that he. I was like, I was hoping that he would come out. I was hoping I could see him again this today and just kind of see him show out again and 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 uh, have another even up his game from last week. But he didn't really up it. He just kind of came in. He was very quiet today. Just kind of the clock was just going and then got in, got out, and that was pretty much it. So didn't really see too much from drew brown tonight but that's not to not to say that he's uh took a step back or anything like that just uh was yes and coverage on rookers wide right yeah well maybe. yeah like <laughs> everybody in the live chat is talking about too much rourke hype too much too much like uh, i get it but it's almost like talking about tom brady in the nfl good bad or otherwise they're going to talk about uh tb12 yeah. right and, and in right. canada after uh, two and a half months away 10 weeks uh, Nathan Rourke returns for a meaningless game, but still a regular season finale and a home playoff game in seven, eight days. Uh, it's going to be the story. Like, look, that, that's just that's just the way it is. There'll be lots of talk about the Blue Bombers at the CFL Awards during Grey Cup week, possibly. One way or the other, there'll be talk about the Blue Bombers at Grey Cup week. Am I right? Like, look, I, I know fans don't yeah. want to, you know, talk about uh, that slim possibility, but it's a real one. People are going to be talking about the Blue Bombers one way or another uh, at no Grey Cup Week um, uh, in Regina. Um, okay, our bonfire burning point, the point in the game tonight that maybe turned the tides of the game. I will start and say right. when – well, I got, a, I got a couple. Maybe I'll let you go first. Um, turning the point kind of, of the game. Pick I mean, up what I'm putting down. Like there were some moments where the game changed, right? <laughs> yeah i mean the i, well, I, I mean the, the, the game changed for me and when the game changed for me when uh when it was just on that that opening turnover to be honest with you from from work i thought that was kind of the, they just got off to the they just got off to the races i mean when you when you give the bombers just that that kind of an opportunity early in the game like that uh they're definitely going to capitalize and then i thought that it was just kind of it was actually that that second um it was the second touchdown to uh rasheed bailey i thought was uh uh, was was kind of the one for me was was just the it, it and especially it came really close with with Zach Claros with that back toe whatever it was maybe he had a toenail hanging still over the 
over the uh, over the line of scrimmage there. Um, right. That was to me. I mean, that could have been called back. It could have been. I would have understood if it got called back, but it at the same time it it didn't. So I thought for me that was kind of one of those. If you're talking about looking at the game uh, as far as winners and losers, it coming down to uh, it, it. Yeah, it, it, to me it came down to that play to Rashid Bailey, and uh, I, th- I thought Zach Claros did a great job there. He's obviously very aware. That was very high high awareness play from Zach Claros there. But that was my that was my turning point. What about you? I think he was over the line of scrimmage. It, it, what, you're not you're not buying the toenail you're not buying the toenail just hanging over the line there maybe. well it's well, almost like the yeah earlier in the year right um yeah <laughs> no i mean uh, james in the peg westward wide to the right is when bc settled for a field goal at 14 to 3 i could almost you could almost make that the bonfire burning point tonight yeah. uh, i am glad you mentioned the the turnover i think that was probably the momentum change in the game where winnipeg kind of just rolled from there no, no doubt i i really do think that was the bonfire burning point uh, i'll maybe state uh the obvious elephant in the room and that is at the end of the first quarter no more nathan rourke no more zach Kalaris. uh we kind of knew what we were going to get from there the blue bombers leading um 14 nothing at that point QB one comes out, QB one comes out for the other team. Uh, th- that's my bonfire burning point before we get to our game balls uh, and our happy honker, Josh, were you surprised it was so much Dakota Prukop and not as much drew Brown from the bombers? Yeah. Second quarter, yeah. third quarter into the fourth. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I was actually, you want to know what I will say even on both sides of the ball, I was actually surprised that like I, there was actually a piece of me that wanted to see Nathan Rourke just a little bit more on BC side. Like I, I would have loved to see him for like the first half, the entire first half, but like on the Winnipeg side of the ball, definitely. I thought there was no question in my mind that Drew Brown was going to come out uh, right after Zach and, and play yeah. for the majority, the rest of the, the majority of the rest of the game, um, maybe give Prukop the fourth whole fourth quarter. Um, but I, I definitely thought just as far as like yeah let's continue to develop this guy and give him just about as much playing time as we possibly can and i'm watching i'm i'm watching drew brown like literally adjust his pants and his like hand warmer and like him and prukop throwing 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 at at, you know the quarter break they're throwing like crazy back and forth back and forth just both keeping warm keeping that arm limber and then brown's like checking himself you know what i mean and like getting ready to go and i'm like okay drew brown's coming into the game for the beginning of the, the second quarter and it's yeah. dakota pru cup i'm like well they're running a little package here and, and brown will cup no stayed yeah. in for a drive stayed in for another drive and then the third quarter came and i'm like okay they're, they're gonna give drew brown the second half more dakota pru cup yeah. you know i think on the whole this is a positive indication because Drew Brown yeah. has shown really well, pick right. sixes, whatever. It doesn't matter. An, in, uh, an interception is an interception. If they take it back to the house, well, there's six points on the board, but not meaningful for the Blue Bombers or their assessment of Drew Brown. But I think this is a positive tonight because it was, we get Zach out there, shake off the rust and ensure everything, the screws are tight and everything's flowing. Um, you know, get that continuity, get that chemistry with the, you know, uh, Walatarski and, and Ellingson, two touchdowns, two possessions. Perfect. Okay. Yep. You want to go to your number two and that is Drew Brown. When it comes to like running the offense, the number two is Drew Brown, not Dakota Prukop. Well, they didn't need to go to him because he's already seen a lot of action this season, yeah. right? He's, you know, yeah. played the majority of that game in BC. He's played a lot, you know, uh, here in Winnipeg, not a lot, but you know, he's played a fair amount. Uh, as well Dakota Prukop has come in and it's like 
we're going to fake short yardage and throw the ball, or we're going to just run off tackle, or we're going to run it up the gut, or it's a, you know, uh, uh, wedge package, short yardage, mm-hmm. goal line. Today, mm-hmm. you got to see Dakota Prukop run the offense, hand the yep. ball off to Brady, drop back, three-step, five-step, go through his progression. He got to play yep. like legit quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's he a goes. good thing. You know, uh, the CFL has this niche of specialty quarterbacking, right? Caleb Evans had 15 touchdowns this year. He might even have more, you know, in, in their regular season finale against Hamilton on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's Dakota Prukop doing what he kind of did through the early parts of his first five years in the CFL, and that is running an offense. So uh, I think that's a, a, a very positive sign that Drew Brown is comfortable, Buck Pierce and the Blue Bombers are comfortable. Well, let's give Dakota a good look just because we can. Similar to how, yeah. you know, uh, Adam Big Hill played a little weak side today and they used a sure. lot of Shane Goche and a lot of Jesse Briggs in the linebacking core. Tyrell Ford getting the start. They have the opportunity to move guys around, try them in different roles, work on contingencies, get guys comfortable doing the uncomfortable so that mm-hmm. when the uncomfortable comes, they're prepared for it. It's a good thing. Yeah. And no question. And that's, that goes back to, I mean, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about it, it's just like, this is the blessing for the bombers is they have the luxury of just doing, of just doing this right. Of, of throwing out really whoever they want to just go, you want to go, go develop. And really Darren, the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. So you can never have too many good quarterbacks on your roster. If you want to have three quarterbacks that are capable of at one point going into the game and producing for you, there is a lot worse problems to have if you are a, a football team. Um, so I, I think that Drew Brown not going is was confusing for sure. Um, but Prukop, I thought Prukop actually stepped in and I thought he did, thought he did uh, pretty well as well. I thought that he made a couple of nice plays with his legs. I'm actually really curious to know whether or not uh, whether Buck Pierce has any more wrinkles with Prukop up his sleeve because, which is a question that I would have loved to ask him. Just as far as we've seen all the different kinds of things that uh, they've done already with with Dakota. Um, uh, but, but do they have anything else up their sleeves that they're kind of, that they're kind of just waiting, they're kind of storing in the vault for the Western finals to catch whatever team, whether it's Calgary or BC off guard. And to that, to that, to that point as well, I mean, or in the same vein, uh, I'd like to know whether they have everything, something in the vault for Dembski, whether they have something in the vault for, for McRae that they just have not put on tape yet. And I would not be surprised if they do. Um, but, but Prukop starting with him yes. for sure that run package, they got to have something in the vault. I think that a wrinkle in that run game that they have not shown yet. No question. Yeah. Good football teams always have a chapter of the playbook. They haven't touched. They haven't shown anybody because why do that? You always need that ACE up your sleeve that, yeah. uh, you know, little wrinkle you can throw at an opponent to see, if you can throw them off something they've never seen before, it goes beyond just offensive trick plays or special packages for Dakota Prukop or whatever it's wide receiver alignments. It is, um, you know, uh, route patterns and the ways the receivers move, um, you know, downfield and, and break off routes and all those sorts of things, the way the offensive line works defensively, tons of different things that they can do. A lot of criticism, Josh, has come on the Blue Bombers as of late, especially coming out of that game in BC where Terry Williams just like went off returning yeah. kicks. 
yeah. that Winnipeg's cover teams aren't doing well. Mm-hmm. Why show all of your car? I've been saying this for weeks here on all three of our shows. Why show all of your cards when you got first place wrapped up? When everybody's yeah. gunning for you, why give them film? And why yeah. give yeah. them the keys? Keep yeah. it up your sleeve. Play a little bit of cloak and dagger. There's a reason they close practices. It's so they can practice things that nobody has seen before. The media, a fan, nobody. Because believe me, in competitive pro sports, there's all types of individuals out there that might pop into a practice. It's very simple to walk through the Bombers store and and watch uh, a few minutes of of Bombers practice or Rough Riders practice or or Lions or Stamps or or whoever. Um, But yeah, no doubt. I, I think especially the special teams, They've got something special, you know, for, yeah. for uh, yeah, an awful uh, double entendre, um, yeah. you know, for, for the postseason, no doubt. That's just smart football. Yeah. And then it's just, yeah, exactly. And, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why you'd use that, right? There, what, what, what have you it could be for a momentum shifter. It could be for, you know, to, to spark something. It could it just for anything, right. To keep those things up your sleeve. So uh, for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in that boat with you. Um, what do we, what do we have to get to? uh next year man you're you're just workmanlike i love it uh we got to get to our happy honker award (laughs) so uh the thing that uh, brought a little bit of joy uh to you uh in this uh blue bombers 24 9 win i want to give it to mike miller i'm just going to take it i'm going to give the happy honker to mike miller i think i have an honorary mention though but i'll let you go first well, I, I, my, my, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give uh, uh, Willie Jefferson lining up at wide receiver. We already kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think, I think, man, I, I love seeing him line up at wide receiver. Um, uh, and, and uh, yeah, I think, I think that was, I think that was kind of the, the part that kind of just made me smile on the day. Also with, I mean, you said Mike Miller all, already, but uh, seeing him get that snap, but on that same play, just, I think it was hilarious seeing, uh, I think it was hilarious seeing uh, Willie um, line up yeah. a wide receiver there. Um, and then Can you also, imagine I mean, him just like tugging on the receiver's well, coach's yeah. jacket, like, Hey, yeah, there was, like I said, there was a, there's a piece of me that just wanted to see, uh, what it was Prukov, I think, just see him, you know, just take set, set back and just lob up a lob a fade ball to him, see who could come down with it. You know? No doubt. Just, there's a piece of me, no but doubt. yeah, no, will, will he definitely fake, uh, the, fake the obvious fake the fade route and have him cut in. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, what well, I would for run. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see that. Yeah, that's any anything. I think he would have. I think the sideline would have went nuts as well if he if he had uh, come come down oh. with the ball. So yeah, no, the uh, that Willie was Willie was definitely kind of my happy honker for 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 today. And and I'll, I'll also I'll just kind of maybe throw in one other one uh, is 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 Tyrell Ford. We already mentioned him a couple times today, but you always yeah. love just seeing seeing a rookie just come out and uh, and ball out, show out. Um, that these are guys are these guys are trying to not only. Uh, compete for spots on the depth chart right now but they're also just trying to uh um uh, they're they're also trying to compete show out for for jobs next year right to see if they can maybe start on a team next year full time um so i I think that always loves seeing the rookies uh show out yeah no doubt first career start for tyrell ford with his brother in attendance that's uh twin brother in attendance that's pretty cool uh thing right there um, I will give an honorary mention of the happy honker award. And, and really this is the true 
Uh, I shouldn't even be the honorary mention. Maybe I'll give that to Mike Miller. I'll give my official Happy Honker Award to the spirit of the award, and that is the Blue Bombers fans. 23,685 in attendance tonight as, you know, watching the team honor Joe Poplowski, number 71, going up forever in the ring yeah. of honor, joining a handful of teammates, including our good friend uh, Chris Walby. But that attendance tonight put the Blue Bombers average for the season at 28,641, the most in the CFL this year. Winning solves everything. Back-to-back Grey Cups, a beautiful stadium. They were nearly unbeatable at home this year. Went to overtime against uh, Montreal, and, and that game, obviously, everyone knows how uh, that one worked out. But uh, happy honker to Blue Bombers Nation. Uh, you know, the, the, you, the team is uh, going to be enjoying uh, you cheering for them uh, in, in this playoff run, looking for uh, a nearly unmatched third straight Grey Cup. I haven't been to every Canadian city, obviously, um, but uh, I, I would, even without that, I would argue that Winnipeg is, is Winnipeg the best sports city in the, in, in Canada? Oh, you'll get debates in every market like, like that, right? I know that, I know that, you know, you could say, you know, people will say in Saskatchewan or people will even say in Toronto, obviously, but I, those Van? are the only two that I can, yeah, I, I guess that, yeah. You I could see Vancouver, Vancouver because you can go watch uh, the Seahawks and you can go watch the, the Mariners and you can go watch the Sounders. And then you got the but, Whitecaps and you got tons of like, junior they, hockey and a tons of junior football and like... But, but my question is, my question is like the actual fan, like, are they the best fans though? Like, are like, mm. I mean, like Winnipeg is just a diehard sports market. Like you just, you hear players the first, if you ask players, even when we're covering the bombers, it's just like, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, what did you hear about? You know, when you, what was your reaction when you found out you're coming up to Canada, for example, to play football. And a lot of these guys say, Oh, Winnipeg, I heard Winnipeg was, uh, you know, had the best fans in the CFL. Like that's almost, I've heard that so many numerous times this one my first time covering the season or first season covering the boys and i've heard that already numerous times it's just from multiple guys it's just is is well, yeah the best fans in the cfl no yeah loudest fans in the cfl best fans in the cfl for a long time edmonton was that flagship franchise of the canadian football league then it was saskatchewan right yeah I think it's fair to say, and it's probably been for a while now, Winnipeg is the flagship franchise of the Canadian Football League. Top to bottom, first class, a winner. Uh, the fan base, the infrastructure and stadium, the football community here in Manitoba, Winnipeg Rifles, you know, as uh, our good friend uh, Scott Roger uh, pointed out, you know, uh, they're on on the upswing uh, in Canadian junior football. Um this is this is what occurred to me when when you were talking about it, Josh. And that's look. There's millions of people in Vancouver, millions. There's yeah. millions of people in Toronto. There's millions of people in Montreal that you could even argue with the Montreal Canadiens and the historic hockey kingdom, frankly, that it is right or royal, whatever you want to call it. Um, Winnipeg stands out amongst those with 1.1 million people in the province and yeah. three quarters of a million people in the greater area of Winnipeg. Yeah. You read the athletic this week 
their main headline story was about Bob McCown and the podcastization, new word, I just made it up, or maybe I read it in The Athletic, either way, uh, of sports media, moving away from the legacy media of Bell and Rogers and and the rest and moving to this podcast, video cast, um, video podcast, YouTube, iTunes market, right? Uh, Who was mentioning that story? It's led by Bob McCown because legendary uh, sports talk uh, personality for a long, long, long time. Sakaris and Price, formerly of TSN Radio in Vancouver, now doing their own thing out on the West Coast. Canucks, Lions, NFL, everything. And then who else is mentioned in that article? Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Mm -hmm. Remus. And mentioned in that it's been over a year and they're still surviving. As if the whole country looks at Winnipeg like, eh, it's Winnipeg, right? It's small potatoes. It's There's a reason Hustler has carved out a huge chunk of this media market and doing it on YouTube and podcast only. And big shout out to everybody who supports Bonfire Sports. We're part of this revolution. You out there are part of this revolution. But that speaks to, in my opinion, why Winnipeg is a tried and true, pure, 100% sports market. Because people love their sports from the Winnipeg Jets to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to the Gold Eyes to the Ice uh, to the Bisons and the Westmen and to the Winnipeg Rifles and uh, to, uh, you know, uh, the Western Western Canada's Women's Junior Football League uh, and all of the MMJHL and everything like people love their sports here in Manitoba. Yep. We're in that conversation with these huge markets, right? Yeah, that's that's why that's why I asked the question: Are are we the best in in Canada? Like, I I think that we are, and that's again with me not going to every you know not taking in a sports game in every single city or living in every city or anything like that. But like just from my uh, you know secluded uh, perspective, I think that it's just uh, I, I think we are. There, there's no doubt in my mind actually that we are. But uh, I think that, I don't even know this. I, were you were you born and raised in Winnipeg? I, I was. Yes, I yeah. was. Okay. Me yeah, too. I, uh, right I, I definitely was, but I mean, I mean, I've been out to, I've been out to Vancouver. I mean, actually, I've been in a lot of places out west. I haven't been out east. Actually, I haven't been to Toronto or anything like that, which is really surprising. But anyways, that, that's I, I, I just there. there's there's just no doubt in my mind that uh, um, uh, there's just no doubt in my mind that Winnipeg is 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 the is the is the cream of the crop. It is it is the king city, the kingpin as far as sports go. But yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love that pick for happy, happy honker was the Winnipeg fans way to show some yeah. love there. Well done. Well done everybody out there. And, and well done to everybody who continues to support us here on, on bonfire sports. We're going to the great cup, no matter what tons of great content coming your way all throughout the week. Uh, do want to mention, and I feel this is uh, really important. Shannon's Irish pub and eatery has joined the bonfire team They are going to be uh, mentioned and uh, supported by us and by you for a long, long time. So big shout out to Louise and Gerard and all the great people at Shannon's Irish Pub. Go check them out. They're just down the street from True North Square. So like before the Jets game, after the Jets game, hanging out downtown on the weekends. Iconic underground spot. Like awesome atmosphere, amazing food, and a great selection of local beers on tap, 
plus your, uh, you know, your longtime favorites and the rest. We've got karaoke three nights a week. Uh, beautiful spot. Go check them out. Uh, Shannon's Irish pub.ca. Big thanks to them. Uh, and you'll be hearing more about them uh, here on Bonfire. Um, okay, game balls. Let's go. Who do you give your game ball to tonight? I'll start with an obvious one. We'll give one to the hard running Brady Oliveira breaking 1K tonight. No, no question. Yeah, that, that, that was the easy one. Uh, I think that was uh, that, that was what I had as well. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to I, I got my names all written down here, man. I got a couple and Brady was at the top of the list, but I'll go rookie Tyrell Ford right up next, man. I, th- I thought that he uh, deserved the game ball came out. He balled out, man. Uh, simple as that. If you don't mind me think throwing in another one, we already mentioned the name, but um, I thought that I, I, I think Mike Miller gets one as well. Um, so we're just going to keep giving out these awards to Mike Miller, man. But, but these, uh, he absolutely deserved it. They, they, these guys showed out when, when the game was, again, we've mentioned it's meaningless. We, we, we talk about, uh, it's a glorified preseason game where, you know, it's, it's, it can be tough for some people to want to tune in. And these guys went out and they balled out. They, they found a way to stand out. Um, yeah, Brady Oliveira. Um, Tyrell Ford, Casey Sales, absolutely all there are there at the top of the list. Well put. Uh, I will give one to Zach Kalaris. Two possessions, two touchdowns. Bing, bang, boom. Okay, let's let the other guys go in and uh, let's start preparing for the Lions or the Stampeders. Yes, no question. Um, do you, uh, what, what is your, what's your, do you, do, is it too early for you to make your great cup prediction or what, what, Ooh, what do wow. you have here? Do you, do you have your playoff uh, prediction here? To you, maybe... what, you want like my bracket? Yeah, I mean, like, what do you got coming out starts. of the? It all starts like right away. Well, yeah, who do you got coming you... out of the East? Who do you got coming out of the West? And like, and and I, I guess what's your what's your <clears throat> Eastern final prediction and uh, and your West final prediction? And then yeah, I'll give you my bracket. I'll give you my sure. bracket. We we don't got to go through sixty four, right? It's not March, so uh, <laughs> well, like, look. Triple header tomorrow, Montreal and Toronto, Hamilton in Ottawa, Saskatchewan wraps up their regular season on the road in Calgary. Uh, looking forward to that. I got to do a little bit of Bison's volleyball, I think, down at uh, Investors Group Athletic Center, but I'm going to try to take in a lot of these games. I'm going to go to SIA.com slash bonfire. Uh, get over there right now. Sign up. I think you can get 100% bonus up to $1,000 in bet credits. Uh, you won't find that anywhere else. They are Canada's sportsbook. Um, I think Montreal will go into the postseason with momentum as Hamilton as well. They're both road teams. I like them both to win this week. Uh, I think Calgary will rest a lot of guys. I don't think Kadeem Carey uh, is playing this week. But this is my bracket. I think Calgary comes out of Vancouver with a win. They come to Winnipeg. Fight tooth and nail. I got the Bombers representing the West in the Grey Cup on November 20th. In the East, I've got Hamilton winning on the road in Montreal and then losing in Toronto to a well-rested Argonauts team. Bombers over Argos in the 109th Grey Cup. And I was this close, this well, close, picking Hamilton we, we, to come out. See, and here I am, I want to... I want to argue with you about one of your picks or something. And I, I can't, this is exact, exact, exactly what I, have. what I will say is this could be bombers. What, what a story it would be if it was bombers versus Toronto with a potentially coming back Andrew Harris 
in the in the backfield. Now that that could be the story of the week. I think that would be I, I'm I'm all here for it. You know what I mean? That's, I think that would be that would be so so much fun. Um, but yeah, no, the, no question, no question. I, I agree with you, uh, top to bottom. Uh, is I think it's I think Hamilton goes out there. I think Montreal will probably be the favorite. I would imagine by a cup by by a point or two or something in 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 the East in the East uh, semis. And then I think that yeah. uh, I will definitely hammer the Thai Cats to cover the spread there and win. And then I will, uh, and then I will go to uh, the Argonauts as well. I think they'll they'll handle business there, and then maybe we'll see a, a relatively healthy Andrew Harris ready to take on the Bombers. And we saw what he did in the playoffs last year after coming off uh, off a little bit of injuries in the regular season. Yeah. There, he looked like a man possessed. So that would be a lot of fun to see him against the stout uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers run defense. And then on the the west side, like we mentioned earlier, it's 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 Winnipeg's to lose. I think at this point, at least on paper. Um, but that West final game, which I expect to be Calgary versus Winnipeg, that in my mind is that that in my mind will be the great cup. Uh, you know, it, I yeah. think that will be the game yeah, of the playoffs. You. I think it'll be another one of those gems that we saw. Like you mentioned, very tough to win to beat a team three times. Exceptionally tough to beat a team four times, especially in, 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 a, yeah, in, in a single season. So um, that one will be if, if there's anybody that thinks Winnipeg's going to you know, just go in there and steamroll the 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 Calgary Stampeders or the BC Lions if they they come to town. I think that uh, it's going to be a they'll be surprised. I think it'll be a gem of a game. So, um, but T-Konopoli, yes, I, I just ahead. wanted to say T Conapoli with his uh, broken keyboard as usual. What's going on, Polly? Uh, all caps. Check the receipts. Harris is the whole reason he's been saying Blue Bombers versus Argos. Uh, in the Grey Cup, some people asking if Andrew Harris is done for the season. Oh no! Oh no! He's not. He is so not. We thought, uh, like work. We thought. We thought. Yes. Um, Matt Carr mentioning the Bombers like to lose to Toronto, especially when they're not supposed to. Well, yeah, okay, that 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 might be the case. Uh, all in reference to Winnipeg Gordo, the legend himself. What's going on, Gordo? Thanks for joining us. Toronto hasn't played Winnipeg in the Grey Cup since 1950. Toronto is six and zero against the Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup. Like you're going Jeez. back, like World War II era, right? That's a, that's a great memory there, Gordo. And prior to that, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, Gordo's not that old. I know. I know that for a fact. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, he says it is what it is. Like, do do those things mean anything? I, I don't know. The the Bombers and the Tie Cats have met more than any two other teams in CFL history. Um, but you know, in the end it's modern era. They haven't met in that long. I think it would be very interesting to see Mike O'Shea coaching against the Toronto Argonauts in the gray cup. Like, yeah, he played for the tie cats and yeah, you know, he's facing the last two gray cups and his old friend, Orlando Steinauer, but playing against the Argos, uh, would, would really, really be something. Um, yeah, it, it, it should absolutely be. Yeah. Matt Carr mentioning. Yeah. Maybe not world war two, maybe Korea. That, that is fair. I was actually talking to my dad yesterday about the Korean war, uh, and, and all that stuff because, well, I won't get into that, but, uh, yeah. 1950, 1950. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. And, and, um, <clears throat> I, yeah, even my parents, uh, you'd have to, you could laugh at that. You asked them that that's uh, my parents weren't even born then. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, no, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, but that would be that would be the storyline, obviously. I mean, if, if Harris came back, I mean, that's kind of 
if, if there's a reason why I want to, like I said, I think the Great Cup is the Western final in my eyes. So if there is a reason for to get super uber excited about the uh, the the uh, the East, the whatever East team is coming out, and what I expect to be the Toronto Argonauts, I think that uh, Harris is the one, and especially if he's playing Winnipeg, holy man, that would be uh, yes. Media is gonna have a heyday with that. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Hadley, uh, great to see you back, uh, in the chat, Hadley. Thanks again. Uh, Oliveira and Harris in the gray cup would be epic. Yeah. That story is going to be written six ways from Sunday. No gray cup pun intended there, but, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We still have playoffs to go. I'm not sleeping on Hamilton. I'm not sleeping on Calgary. No exceptions. Like any given Sunday, any we'll given see Sunday. How, it, how it shakes out. Um, you want to leave it there? I think we've been going pretty good here. Yeah, man. Uh, I could talk football for days, but uh, yeah, that's uh, love having that, you that on. Sounds man. good to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Josh Free Sam. Everybody, follow him on social media. I like calling him the Young Gun. He is uh, up and coming here in uh, the Winnipeg market. WinnipegFreePress.com to uh, read his stuff. And uh, for those of you who can't see that on the screen, at J F R E Y S A M J Frey Sam. His name is Josh, uh, and uh, you're going to be uh, hearing more from him, no doubt, uh, in the months and years to come. Uh, Josh, this was awesome, man. Uh, I'm with you. NFL, CFL, I, I could talk ball with you uh, all day long, maybe even junior ball. I'll get you. Uh, I know you took in a, a lot of those rifles games this year. We'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit of rifles next season. No question. Absolutely. Love to have you have me on uh, uh, anytime, man. Always, always open to come chat with you. No, that's great. That's great. Hey, everybody out there, thanks for joining us uh, and thanks for supporting uh, our sponsors that uh, keep us going here uh, on uh, Bonfire Sports. Uh, Shannon's Irish Pub and Eatery, go check them out uh, on Carlton Street. You can't miss them uh, right across from the convention center. Bombers win 24-19. Oliveira has 1,000 yards. Dalton Schoen breaks rookie records and could finish atop the CFL in receiving yards as well as touchdowns. We'll keep an eye on Gino Lewis in Montreal tomorrow. And the Bombers win 15 games for the first time in franchise history with that 24-9 win at the Madhouse on Matheson tonight bonfire midweek wednesday at 7 30 chris walby will be back with me prior to the west final but we got you covered here uh all the way through the cfl playoffs on bonfire sports josh Frey sam thanks again my friend appreciate you thank you man all right everybody have a great night we'll see you soon